Hey guys, I just recorded the 10 scams in dentistry you should watch out for. Remember, it's just my opinion. I wanted to say one more thing, and I know not everybody makes it through the entire episode, and I'm not mad about that, but I wanted to bring up that I'm looking to expand the podcast. I have two people that currently advertise on the podcast, um, and I want to bring on another person to work on the podcast. I want to bring on somebody that will help me promote the podcast and will help me get guests for the podcast and will help me just create content for the podcast. Maybe this person will also co-host some podcasts with me, but I'm looking for someone to join the podcast. How will you be paid? Well, currently the podcast makes close to $0 a month. If you round that number out, it makes even closer to $0 a year. And if you are a smart businessman, you can't pay people unless there's revenue. The job will be 100% commission, but I would split 50-50 all of the ad revenue. If you want to join my podcast, help me get ads, help me produce better content, all the money we get from the ads, all split 50-50. So you basically get 50% of the profits and have to share 0% of the expenses. And you get to hang out with me. And from what I hear, I'm not the worst person in the world. And that's the opinion of only a couple of people. So reach out to me on Instagram, Vince DDS. Email me, vbushamedds at gmail.com. And I'd love to bring someone on the podcast and we'll take over the world. Okay, you're gonna really enjoy this podcast. I rambled for an hour about the 10 scams in dentistry. And to be upfront, I have been scammed on all of these scams. That's why I can talk about it. And I hope I can avoid you being scammed by them as well. Have a really awesome day and uh, I'll talk to you guys soon. Do you feel stuck on the financial hamster wheel? You keep paying on your debts like mortgages, car notes, student and business loans, but they never seem to disappear. My name is Dr. Howard Polanski, former dentist, now founder of Cashflow Coach USA. I guide families and business owners through a simple system to dramatically reduce your payment towards debt. You keep your same lifestyle and keep more money each month. A recent client will pay off their house in just seven months instead of the anticipated 20 years. Free 10 minute discovery call We'll determine if I can help you too. Go to CashflowCoachUSA.com, scan the QR code, or call 512-608-1020 to find financial freedom faster. Are you tired of using ineffective cosmetics and personal care products filled with harmful chemicals? Meet Ancestral Cosmetics and our range of highly effective products rooted in ancestral wisdom and made with edible ingredients such as beef tallow, olive oil, and raw local honey. Check out our best-selling tallow and honey balm for soft and smooth skin or our revolutionary tooth powder made from eggshells for effective teeth cleaning and whitening without any toxic ingredients. Free US shipping for orders over $50 and you can shop now at ancestralcosmetics.com. Hello and welcome to the Dr. Vincent Buscemi podcast, your source for all things survival of dentistry. Uh, I've changed the name of the podcast again. Just kidding. Can you imagine if every time you came back to this podcast, my three listeners 
that it was a new name. I, this is unrelated to anything we're talking about today. I love the fight between chiropractors and medical doctors. If you're online at all and follow anyone health related, here's the crux of the entire fight. Chiropractors always say doctors only have two weeks of nutrition training and they can't heal any chronic conditions. And medical doctors snap back and say chiropractors aren't real doctors. They can't heal anything. And as a dentist from the outside, all we're trying to do is whiten people's teeth. So I don't know where we fit in that. I just love bringing it up. Okay, so I made a post on Threads, which is Instagram's Twitter, and I guess Twitter now is called X, about the top 10 scams in dentistry. And a lot of people reached out, by a lot, I mean like three, reached out and said they can't wait till this podcast is released because they feel like they are getting scammed in dentistry all the time. I don't know why we feel that way. I don't know if dentists are targets or if maybe the people that follow me are just young like I am or I used to be young and naive and get scammed a lot, but it happens. There's scams everywhere. So before we get into the 10 scams, let's come to terms, as Socrates would say, Let's come to terms and let's define the word scam. What is a scam? At this most fundamental level, and then there's always gray areas, but at the most fundamental level, a scam is when somebody provides you something and lies or exaggerates or falsifies the product. And it could be like the benefit of the product or the actual product. So a really simple example would be, I'm not sure if they still use this term, lemon, when someone's selling you a car. So let's say somebody sells you a car and they tell you it works and it go you go home with that car after you buy it and it breaks the next day or doesn't run or the oil's leak or something terrible is wrong with the car. That's a lemon. And you gave them $40,000 for that car. That person scammed you because they told you that car would work and it doesn't. But then there's also some gray areas of scams. If we relate it back to dentistry, because if you've been a dentist more than a couple of years, you hear a lot of patients talk poorly about other dentists. At least I do. I think the way my practice is set up because I'm a biomimetic dentist, I don't know why. I see a lot of people for second and third consults. So they go see two other dentists. For some reason, they don't like them. And they come see me for a second or third opinion. And these patients talk a lot about feeling scammed by dentists in the past. So a good recent example is somebody came in. She had crowns, I think, 6 through 11 or premolar to premolar and she said the last dentist scammed me because I feel like I did not need these crowns now that's a gray area because I wasn't there so is it possible her last dentist 
did 10 crowns on her and she didn't need it. Very possible. I see it all the time. But I guess let's describe not needing it. Maybe she said, I want to look better cosmetically. And in his mind, he thought 10 crowns would get her there. And then five years later, she regretted it. So that's a hard scam to like quantify because maybe in his mind, he truly thought he was giving that patient value. And then the patient that received the product, the crowns, didn't feel like it was value or she needed it. So a scam could even be felt on one end where the patient feels like they didn't receive value, but then the dentist feels that they truly gave that patient value. That's like, I guess, like a one-sided scam or a scam of opinion. So what I'm leading into is that some scams are black and white. Let's say you give me $100 to listen to this podcast and I send you this podcast in an email and it ends up being like a virus. No podcast. I scammed you. But let's say you give me $100 to listen to this podcast. I give you this podcast because I feel like it's worth $100 and you listen to it and you think it's worth $2. You feel scammed, but I didn't intentionally scam you. So it's always hard because whoever the scammer is, some people are intentionally scamming people. Some people just feel scammed because the value wasn't equal to what they paid for it. But we're going to get into the 10 scams in dentistry. And again, these are just my opinions. Um, I My roommate in dental school had a really cool cousin. His name was also Vince. He kind of reminded me of Michael Sarah, who went to film school. And in film school, one of the jokes is when you're out going trying to fund for your movie, trying to find funding for your movie, look for a group of dentists to give you funding. And for some reason, dentists are just like branded, like we're all billionaires. And everybody who has like an outside investment is coming for us. And I will get into that. So let's get into the top 10 scams. I'm going to take a quick sip of my coffee here. The first scam... And again, remember, this is just my opinion. And I'll explain the reason and why. And these are all gray. These aren't black and white scams. Well, some of them are. The first scam is section 179 when it comes to buying dental equipment. I remember <clears throat> two years ago, my rep came in to me. I said, you got to buy this machine before the year is over because we can apply for a section 179 and you can get all the tax reduction benefits. Although I'm not an accountant, a section 179 is this. It's when you buy a piece of equipment, you can do something called depreciate the equipment, and the cost of the equipment can offset your tax liability or your business tax burden for that year. So if the equipment is $100,000, you can depreciate $100,000 of that equipment in one year and take $100,000 off your gross 
revenues, which would reduce your tax liability or the taxes you have to pay. On the surface of this, it does not seem like a scam. And if you really need the equipment, need it, that's going to be the crux of this. It's not a scam. However, the question you got to ask yourself is, do you need this equipment? Will this equipment produce better clinical care? And also, very importantly, because you're a small business owner and profits, if you're ethical, always equal better patient care, will this machine increase your revenue, increase your profits? Will the monthly payments be low enough that you can produce enough profit over the monthly payments for that machine to increase the value of your business, increase the value to your patients? That's a tough one. So most general practices that are like mine, like yours, if you're an associate, the one you work in, are set up to be very profitable for restorative dentistry. So if your rep comes in and says, I got this really cool laser and it helps you with your crown preps, you can get rid of abscess ulcers and you can depreciate it in one year with a section 179, ask yourself a question. Does that laser improve clinical outcomes for you? Improve profits? I had some rep come in. I'm going to avoid all their names. I have a very negative view on these reps, and it's not their fault. It's the system that they're in. They are truly incentivized to sell you products you don't need. And I know they're going to say that's not true. They're only looking out for you, but it's human nature. I promise you don't need half the crap they're selling you. But this rep was trying to tell me that if I buy this laser, I could add, I don't know, 10,000 a month in laser codes. So like removing abscess ulcers, I'm saying that wrong, and other mucus seals. However, I have no training in that. So why would I just jump in there and laser something off? Second, I see like one mucosil or abscess ulcer like a month. So unless I'm charging $10,000 per laser treatment, I'm not going to make money off that. And when I look at my practice, when would I use a laser probably to uncover a buried implant? I can't even remember the last time I uncovered a buried implant. If implants are buried, most of the time my surgeon or periodontist will uncover it. So although I could have written off that $30,000-$40,000 laser and reduced off my tax burden, there's nowhere in my practice that systems are set up to increase profitability from purchasing that piece of equipment. And you need to look at all equipment like that. I have a CT scan, but I really only use my CT scan when I manage sleep apnea in patients. And I still send out the CT scans to beam readers and I have a radiologist read it for any pathologies. I didn't buy the CT scan though. The CT scan came with my practice, but that thing is like $100,000. So if somebody is asking you, a rep, to buy a CT scan, let's say, you really gotta sit down and kind of plan out if the monthly payment, we'll just do easy math, is $100. Can you make $200, so $100 profit off that machine? I think in my practice, 
a machine that's very profitable for me is my Seric machine. Because I do same crown, same day crowns all the time. So when you buy a piece of equipment, you have to look at your systems, not the tax reduction. But look at the systems in your office. And will that piece of equipment sit well within your systems to be profitable and increase patient care? Because Sarah crowns, they're not better than lab crowns, but my office is set up in a way where I have the systems to deliver quality crowns same day. And this goes really nicely into the second scam of dentistry, and it's most dental CE. Not all, and I'm not saying that clinical competency is a scam. Actually, clinical competency is the foundation of a successful career and the foundation of providing value to your patients and actually improving their lives. Uh, Steve Rasner, he retired. He was a dentist in New Jersey. He, t- he had a few oral surgery classes I took in his office. Amazing guy. But he, he was doing like $4 million a year as a solo dentist. But he would always say there's no communication course, management course, sales course, marketing course you can take that will be better than clinical competency. It cannot replace it. So if you are not clinically competent, and that just takes time and training, it doesn't matter what's going on in your office, you're not going to succeed. Maybe in the short term. I know a lot of dentists in the short term who are really, 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 really shitty, and they're probably making a bunch of money, but you have to burn and churn patients, and you're being unethical. So am I contradicting myself? Is dental CE a scam, but clinical competency is not? How does that work? Well, back here, I'm not sure if you can see my bookshelf on this photo. Let me look at the camera. You kind of can. I have this book right here, and it is called Functional Occlusion by Pete Dawson. That book's boring as hell. However, that book is super important if you want to understand occlusion. You can take a $5,000 spear class, which I've taken, or you can read that book. And I'm going to be flamed by everybody who's going to Coy's next year. I don't think there's that much of a difference. And here's why. You have to truly understand how humans develop knowledge or practical knowledge. There is a huge, and I'm getting to why dental CE is a scam, so hold on to your pants here. There's a huge difference between knowledge you learn in a book, which I think that's called implicit knowledge, and knowledge like practical, we'll just call it book knowledge and practical knowledge. The gap between book knowledge and practical knowledge is so vast. And when you're in school, you really don't understand this. I didn't understand this either. But you should read this book by Robert Greene called Mastery. And he calls it tacit knowledge. We'll call it practical knowledge. The knowledge you need to read about a crown prep and then to actually put that in practice and to be clinically proficient, to be smooth with your patients talking about it, to be profitable and to be predictable is a huge gap. And if you go to a dental CE, they always tell you this. After this CE course, you'll be able to add XXX profit to your practice. 
that may or may not be true, but you'll never do it off one CE course. I remember taking my first hands-on implant course. It was like $5,000. You place one implant on a patient, and then you're like high-fiving the instructor after, and it's the best time of your life. And then you go home. Then you realize you don't have any of the dental equipment needed to place implants. You've only placed one implant under the direct supervision of the clinical instructor. The patient was sedated. It was a totally like guided set up experience where you really didn't even have to think on your own. You just stood there and the instructor told you exactly where to place the implant and helped you if you got off mark. Although you need that type of training to place implants, you need to place 10,000 implants to be good. You're not going to get it off one course. And these courses sell to you that as soon as you take this dental course, you'll be able to provide this procedure. So are dental CEs a scam? Yes, unless you understand, and I put this in a threads post, you're going to spend 10 to 20 times the amount of money and time and effort with the first course. So if the first course cost you $5,000 to place implants, you got to think you're going to be spending at least $100,000 to take the idea of placing implants and to incorporate it into your practice because it costs money to set up the systems. It costs money to train your staff. It costs money to buy the equipment. It costs money to take more courses. It costs money to call your instructor back and have him bail you out. It costs money to make a mistake and have a specialist bail you out. So if you really want to commit to a new procedure, which I think is a good thing, but you have to be good at it, you have to understand you got to go all in. I don't place implants anymore. I don't do root canals anymore. And I'm not being cocky, but if you want a biomimetic, minimally invasive, same-day Sarah Crown, I'm the best guy in the state to do it. Why? Because that's pretty much all I do. So I've taken courses on it. I've taken the Allman's course. I've taken Steve Schiffenhaus's courses. And they're the only reasons why they're not scams to me personally because I fully committed to it. I bought the Sarek machine. I did the training. I read the books. I went all in. So let's say the Allman's course when I took it was 10000 I think Schiffenhaus's course was two or 3000 That's 13000 My Sarek machine all in is like 75000 We're already looking at 90000 plus training my staff, which whatever hourly rate, just to get it going, plus the marketing. I market as a biomimetic dentist. So all these things go into play. So whenever you take a dental CE, remember, you have to have the marketing in place, the systems in place, the equipment in place, the training in place. You have to be able to read about it on your own. And then you also have to know that when you go implement a new procedure, you're going to be shitty at first. And you have to almost like have money set aside for therapy with how bad you're going to be and have specialists ready. I think biomimetics is a little easier to implement in your practice because most general practices already have the system set up to sell restorative dentistry. So if you're going to take a dental CE, just on the safe side, 
times it by 10 because you're going to have to implement all the other things I talked about. Again, clinical competency is not a scam, but just know what you're in for. I used to have a guy that came in here and placed implants for my patients. Really good. General dentist. He probably spent, and this is coming from him, two hundred dollars to $300,000 to get set up and ready to place implants at the level he does. Sure, he makes a million bucks a year, but that's a lot of money and a lot of travel to do that. So dental CE is a scam if you don't go all in. The third one, marketing postcards. Let me take another sip of my coffee here for you. In my experience, marketing postcards are a scam if you put new patient special on these marketing postcards. Although I love all humans, everyone's wonderful for their own reasons, the type of patient you attract through marketing postcards, offering deals, is not the type of patient that values dentistry. doesn't mean they're not value as a human, but they don't want to spend the money on their mouth to make themselves healthy. And that's fine. We all make our own decisions. So the reason why these postcards are a scam, because you have to think about the psychology of marketing. There's two ways to attract clients, patients, lovers, anyone. Either you go to the person that you want to attract or you somehow set something up so the person comes to you. The second one is called authority marketing. The first one is, it could be called multiple things, target marketing. But the first one, you're going to the patient. That's marketing postcards. The second one, the patient's coming to you. The type of marketing I used to do was I went to the patient because I was in insurance and I would go to the patient and say, you can get this type of discount because I'm in your insurance. Or I would send out marketing postcards. Every new patient that I got through marketing postcard in the past two or three years, I would say nine out of 10 end up leaving the office. They're good people. They just have other values. So they get their cleaning for severely reduced discount. Then they go to another dentist for another one. And then they have less value to me. Oh, no, less value. They see me as less valuable because I went to them. This is like, remember when you were dating in high school? I never dated in high school, but my friends did. And it's almost like the girls liked the boys that were more aloof and didn't give them attention. My problem was I was too nice to these girls and then they didn't see value in me. You find value in things that seem to be harder to obtain. If you read Robert Cialdini's book, The Six Principles of Influence, which I have back here. I'm not sure where it is. Let's see. Oh, here it is. Right here, The Six Principles of Influence. One of the principles of influence is scarcity mindset. And when people have to come to you, they think your work is scarce because there's only one of you and they want it. And another principle of influence is authority. So if they have to come to you, if they're seeking you out, they already think you're an authority 
and they already think your services are scarce and they want more of it. So when you think about marketing, think about setting yourself up in a way where patients seek you out. How do you do this? Well, you can set up interviews with local radio stations. You can set up newsletters. Basically, they're reading about you, and then they come to you. So if somebody strolls into your office and says, we want to do postcards, the answer is no. Get out of my office because people see you as going to them, and that will not attract the type of patient you want. You want the type of patient that comes to you because they see you as valuable. The fifth one. Nope. The fourth one. DSO roll-ups. So I made a post on my Instagram maybe a couple weeks ago where I talked about how I got involved in a scam. I got like the perfect personality to get involved in a scam. Or I used to. Young, naive, wanting to make a lot of money young so I can pay off debts and prove to all those girls in high school they missed out. No, I'm joking. So there's this scam going around, and I can't say the guy's name because I'm sure he'll sue me, but there's multiple companies where this person runs a company and the company sells to dentists that they will take your dental practice and they will consolidate it with other dental practices. And then once they consolidate all these dental practices, they will then take your conglomerate of practices and pitch that conglomerate group practices to a private equity firm. And then this illusory, imaginary private equity firm will buy your practices at a multiple you could never get selling it on your own. And then the kicker is that small private equity firm will take your practice they just bought and give you equity in it and then sell it to a larger private equity firm that will give you even more multiples than you've ever wildly imagined in your practice that was doing $750,000 a year gross revenue will make you 1200 trillion billion infinity stone dollars. This is a pile of crap. I know it's for a couple of reasons. One, I almost kind of started to get involved with it. I didn't go through with it. And second, my wife is an attorney and half of her, her whole job is mergers and acquisitions. Half of her clients are dentists. Half of her clients are other non-clinical dentist business owners. And she read these contracts of some dentists that were thinking about getting involved in it. Here's how these people scam you. It's not the private equity firms that scam you. Because the private equity firms are being upfront. We have a bunch of money. We're going to buy you. We're going to give you some stock. And we're going to try to sell it again. The scam comes from the dentist that or not the dentist, the company that wants to buy your practice who aren't dentists, or they could be, and buy other practices and then sell it to a private equity firm. Here's why it's a scam. They don't give you any money for your practice. Here's what they're not telling you. First, they charge you a fee. 
and there's multiple fees. The first fee is a monthly membership fee to be in their cool kids group. And this monthly membership fee just gets you access to whatever BS they're selling. And you go on these monthly meetings and they feed you dinner and tell you how you're going to be a billionaire. I've seen some one-time fees of $80,000 to be in this club. I've seen other monthly fees of like six dollars or $7,000 to just be in a club. I think some country clubs are less than that, at least in my area. The second part of it is these companies take some equity of your company. They don't give you money for it. Their second fee is they take the equity of your company. So let's say they take 50% of your company. You hold on to 50% of your company. You just given away 50% of the equity that you worked however many years to build to some loser who thinks they can now take your company and sell that to a private equity firm. But the scam is that the company has 50% of like 10 other practices. And when they sell it to private equity, if they do, they get half of every practice and you only have your half. And the scam comes in is if they never sell to a private equity firm, what do you do? You're in a big group practice now where all the practices, you own only 50% of your little practice within a group practice, so it's a very small percentage of the big practice, and this private company owns 50% of your group practice. I'm not good at math, but let's say there's 10 practices and you own 50% of one of the 10 practices, you own 1 20th of the group practice, which I think is 5%, and they own 50% of the group practice, and they put no money into it. And people get wrapped up in these scams. There's a guy on Facebook now who keeps saying, let me take your company and see if I can roll up into a private equity because the groups are consolidated, and if you don't consolidate your practice, you're going to lose all your money and you're going to die. That can't be true. I can't. We live in an economy where most of the time merit and skill and excellence get you money. So if you provide value to customers, no matter where you are, they're going to reward you with money. That's like basic free market principles. You have a product or a service. You bring it to the free market. The free market rewards you with profit. That's it. So I don't understand why the consolidation of dentistry would harm dentists that are actually providing real value. And I know if you listen to this podcast, you are providing real value because you're taking an hour out of your day to listen to some fool in Bloomfield Hills try to give you tips and tricks and advice on how to survive as a dentist. Although he's barely surviving, so this is probably a scam too. So... If anyone comes to you and says, and I'm not saying DSOs are a scam. If a DSO comes to you and says they want to buy your practice, maybe it's a good deal. Who knows? But if a company comes to you and says they want to take your practice, combine it with other practices in the area, package that deal, and sell it to a private equity firm, that's where the scam is in. Because they're providing zero value to you 
and they're actually stealing half your practice and half of everyone else's practices. And then instead of owning 100% of your practice, you own 5% of a huge group practice where you don't even know the other dentist and then you're not in charge anymore. And on top of that, what I didn't mention is that once you're in that group practice, this group also takes a 7 to 10% management fee. So they own 50% of your practice with no buy-in and they get a 10% management fee. And what the hell? It's not worth it. So that is a huge scam. I could do a whole podcast on that, which maybe I'll get into that. But that's the scam. DSO roll-ups. Do not get involved in a DSO roll-up. I wonder if I drink this coffee, if it's annoying to you guys because of a break in the audio. I'm not going to go back and edit them out. You're going to have to deal with it. Tough poop. Okay. The fifth one, and this one's hard to talk about. I have a good friend who's a consultant who spoke negatively about a specific dental insurance, and that specific dental insurance tried to sue her. So I'm very nervous to name a specific dental insurance. I'm just going to be vague and generic and say this. The... The, like the idea of dental insurance is a good idea. People have this safety net of a couple thousand dollars and then it pays for insurance uh, for dental procedures and then they can have a healthy mouth. That's the idea. However, the way dental insurance is run now, it's a scam. It's a scam and I talked about this in the 10 reasons why dentists kill themselves. Dental insurance is a scam now because dental insurance fixes prices. Bottom line, if you participate in dental insurance, and I need to come out and just say this, there is no correlation between the quality of dentistry and quality of care and love you provide to your patients and participating in insurance. I've seen people who participate in insurance who are the best clinical dentists I know. I've seen dentists that don't participate in insurance who are fee-for-service, and I wouldn't let them work on my dog. They're that bad. So get that out of the way. Dental insurance is a scam because dental insurance promises you they will supply you all of these patients, which they actually do. Dental insurance gives you a lot of patients. As someone who's fee-for-service and fights tooth and nail to get patients in the door, dental insurance does get you patients, but they fix your prices. And here's where it gets scary. Dental insurance hasn't increased any reimbursement for dentists in what seems like 600,000 years. And yet, inflation is out of control. Our fees are going up. Staff costs are out of control. And our profit margins are thinning, like my hairline. So, That's why it's a scam. It's a scam because although they do supply patients, and some of these patients are really good patients, you have no ability to combat the thinning margins because you know this as well as I do. Inflation is out of control. I had a dental hygienist call me asking for $75 an hour if a certain insurance only gives you 
$100 for a cleaning, which none of them do. You have $25 left over after you pay the hygienist to cover the rest of the overhead that's involved. You'll make like $0 on that. So should you participate in insurance? In the beginning of your career, maybe. I go back and forth on if I was talking to myself 10 years ago, what would I do? Honestly, what I would probably do is keep my living expenses as absolute low as possible and then not participate with insurance. I don't participate with insurance. I'm not rolling the dough, but I sometimes think, should I go back in insurance? And I'm always reminded, if you go back in insurance, you are no longer a small business competing in the free market. You work for the insurance company because your fees are fixed. So I don't know. I'm trying to create a course from this podcast. And one of the ideas that somebody gave me was create a course on how to go fee for service. That may be another scam. I don't think somebody can teach you how to go fee for service. I think the best way to go fee for service is to just drop all insurance and just do it and figure it out as you go along. You have to, you have to provide a service that people are willing to pay out of pocket for. And you have to ask yourself, is your restorative dentistry or the service you're providing as good as a specialist is in their procedure? That's for another podcast. But the fifth scam in dentistry is dental insurance. Number six. This is a scam, I don't know how much it hurts the associate, but when you're a 1099 as an associate, the owner doc who has you as a 1099 is paying less employee taxes in the state. And I'm all for saving money on taxes, but it's fraud. Because when you're an associate dentist, you if you're a true independent contractor, which 1099 is, you can come and go as you please. You're your own boss. And every associateship I've had where I've been 1099, I'm not my own boss. I don't have my own hours. I can't set my own pay. You can't like get paid directly from patients. So if your boss asks should be 1099, although it doesn't really hurt you, but they're scamming the system and they're paying less taxes, employee taxes, to the state payroll taxes. So you should be a W-2 employee. And if you're an owner and you have employees, they need to be W-2. Yes, you'll pay more taxes. Again, I'm not an accountant. This is not accounting advice. This is not financial advice. I'm a big dummy. But keep your employees W-2, pay your taxes, because there's nothing more scary than getting a letter from the IRS saying, yo, it's a bunch of money. We'll see you downtown. The seventh scam. Oh, man, this one's huge. And if you've been a dentist for more than like six months, you already feel this. Remember when you were in like grade school and you pulled out a pack of gum and the vultures came out? Everyone wanted a piece of gum. You can't bring a pack of gum to school without giving a piece to everyone who's sitting around you. Now, imagine you're the pack of gum. And everyone who has some stupid, silly investment knows you just graduated. They are ready to get your money. I talked about this earlier 
where in film schools, it's a joke that they come to you for funding because you're a dentist. I've been approached, I, I can't even tell you, but everyone about everything. I've been approached to invest in trailer homes or trailer park. I've been in, to invest in multifamily, to invest in syndications, to invest in, I don't know, restaurant. I've been approached to invest in everything. And maybe I'm just a big dummy and I should have invested and been a millionaire by now. But everybody is like coming into your office uninvited, calling you to invest. Every financial advisor must have a directory of new dentists that graduate. If you're in school, remember this part of the podcast. As soon as you graduate from school, you're going to get calls from like a hundred financial advisors. Every patient that's a financial advisor is going to be like, do you have a financial advisor? And they're going to tell you that you need to invest in mutual funds to get rich. And I don't know if that's true. I invest in mutual funds, but it was annoying that I would have 50 financial advisors trying to get my $12 a month to invest in the market. So be very weary of investments. I'm not a savvy investor. I'm not a millionaire. So don't take financial advice from me. I'm not a financial advisor. But the best advice I heard is to invest in things that you know. I received this advice also from the Scheduling Institute. Invest in your own business because you have control over it. Although I do invest in the stock market, the stock market is kind of like gambling. But you're not gambling when you're investing in your own business. I just started listening to this guy, Tony Bradshaw, who wrote the book, The Millionaire's Choice. And he says there's only three areas where true wealth hides or sits in, gold and silver, real estate, and your business. Again, I'm not a financial advisor, but be very weary of people come to you and say, I got this hot new investment, this hot new crypto coin investment. I need your dollars. Don't give it to them. The second one kind of ties into this. I don't know what happened, but as soon as I bought this practice, which is two and a half years ago, it's like everyone in the area, rep, advertiser, restaurant, was like alerted, specialist. And like the first six months of practice, I would get so many unsolicited people coming into my office trying to sell me something. I remember I had this one rep, I won't say his name, but the company he works for. I basically told him to leave and never come back. He was sitting in my office before I got to work. So my staff got to work like five minutes before me, opened the door. He was sitting in my office waiting for me as soon as I got into work to ask him to buy this stupid cement. It's really annoying because the last thing I want to do is to be bombarded by a stupid sales rep the second I walk in before I have a full day of patience and ask to buy cement. So I tell my staff, this is probably politically incorrect or probably something kind of crass to say. And I say it sarcastically. I tell my staff, if anyone comes in and they say that they have a lower percentage on my credit card processor or the best cement, and they were uninvited, tell that person I passed away. They don't. So I don't want to alarm people, but 
If anyone comes into your office uninvited, do not let your staff let them in. Do not let them bypass your staff and get to you. There's something called decision fatigue syndrome, which is real. And when you own a dental practice, you'll fully get this. Me and my buddies talk about it. By like 10 a.m., we've made all our good decisions. Don't waste any good decisions on these stupid sales reps that come in and try to sell you the latest and greatest. I guarantee the cement they're trying to sell you or the two-by-two they're trying to sell you is not any better than what you already have. How do I know this? Because they're not in the trenches like you and me practicing dentistry and seeing how these products actually work. They read one article that was given to them by their company and they recite the same BS to you. So anyone that rolls into your office uninvited, get them out of your office immediately. They're toxic. We got number nine, most consultants. Here's what I think. So I work with the Scheduling Institute. They don't pay me to advertise. Um, They should. I pay them a lot of money. But they are, from all the consultants I worked with, it hasn't been much. It's been three. They're the best. The Scheduling Institute, if I had to guess, is your best shot at going fee-for-service if you're in insurance. They basically have the idea, the same idea that like Disney World has, where although you are selling clinical work, you're selling the optimal patient experience. You're selling emotions. And they teach you how to treat patients in a way where patients leave your office and think, holy crap, this office really cares about me, does really good work, everything was really efficient, no balls were dropped, and I want to tell my friends about it. If you don't care about your patients, Scheduling Institute can't help you. But they really train your staff and how to talk to people to get to their hearts and let them know you truly care about them. I was probably averaging six or seven new patients a month before Scheduling Institute and with no more marketing, just Scheduling Institute from internal referrals, we're up to like 18, 19 new patients a month. Scheduling Institute is super expensive, but the value is there. And not only do they train your staff, which is imperative to success, they train you. So I'm being coached by them how to run a business, which has been invaluable as well. However, before the Scheduling Institute, I had another consultant. I won't say the name. Terrible. And the problem with knowledge workers is that some low-grade knowledge workers just take what they heard from someone else and they talk about it and they think that's worth a lot of money to consult. It's very hard to take the information And we talked about this in the second scam in Dental CE. The knowledge from a consultant to actual practice is on you. And anyone can give you information. But there's got to be a certain way how they train you to make it easier for you to implement what they're giving you. I had another consultant that 
basically ripped off most of the scheduling institute. And when I would listen to them speak, I was like, holy crap, they probably just stole it from them. So be very weary consultant. And also consultants, and a consultant told me this, they like being a consultant because all they do is tell you something and then it's up to you to implement and they can go to the next job. So just like they, the phrase, those who can't do teach. And I'm not saying teaching is bad because I love teaching. But there's a certain missing factor in these consultants and teachers because they get paid for just what they tell you. They don't get paid based off results. As a dentist, you get paid based off results. That should be very a distinct factor for you when you pick a consultant. If you're not getting the results, they still get paid, but you're not getting the value. So try some consultants. A lot of them are BS. A lot of them just regurgitate the same thing over and over. How many times have you heard a consultant say, this is how you answer the question, do you take my insurance? And then what they say is just what they heard from a bunch of other people. Here's what they say. So of all the consultants I talk to, this is like the same thing they say over and over and over. And I'm not a consultant. Patient calls and says, do you take my insurance? And the consultant tells you to tell them, yes, we take your insurance. However, we are out of network, but we do give you the courtesy of billing your insurance. What insurance do you have? Oh, you have Vince Buscemi insurance? A lot of our patients have Vince Buscemi insurance. You'll love it here. I just saved you $5,000. So when you look for a consultant, interview other dentists who have been with that consultant and see if they're actually getting the results. The last scam is, there's a, these are popping up all over, and brand development agencies. I don't know if these are a scam. I just... I haven't used one. I just feel like they are a scam. There's these agencies out there because everything is in the age, of, the age of social media where they help you develop a personal brand. They help you develop a social media following. And then that brand is what drives patients in. The reason why I think brand development agencies are a scam is because if you don't fully believe in that brand or you didn't create that brand on your own, then the patients are going to know. So is it a scam to have a brand? Absolutely not. My brand is Biomimetic Dentistry. People drive very far to come see me for Biomimetic Dentistry. And I have somebody that helps me market biomimetic dentistry. But my marketing company, and I'll give them a shout out, Aqua Marketing, they're amazing. Aqua Marketing was very clear. You have to develop your brand and we'll market it. You have to develop the systems to create products and services from your brand and we'll market it. If somebody is developing a brand for you, you don't have anything else in your office 
to profit from that brand and to provide value of that brand. If you buy 100,000 followers on Instagram and you brand yourself as a cosmetic dentist, but you've done three veneers in your life, that brand is not going to profit for you and you're going to waste all that money on branding. And also, you're going to be hurting patients because they're going to think you're a cosmetic specialist and you can't do cosmetics. If I paid $200,000, let's say, to brand myself as an implant specialist and I got a billion followers, I'm on every radio show, every radio station, every TV, the stars and celebrities come to me for implants, but I'm terrible at placing implants. That brand is going to blow up my face. So anyone who says they can develop a brand for you by interviewing you, finding out your core values, and then turning that into a outward-facing marketing plan, they're scamming you because you have to understand your brand and then you bring that brand to someone and then they'll market it. You have to create your own brand. I hope this was helpful. I, When I do these podcasts, I always try to think, what would I want to hear 10 years ago when I was just starting? And I think I want to hear this. I feel like I've been scammed on all of these so I can speak about it. Another thing I want to bring up is when I was talking to Ellie, who is a D4 at Creighton University, I asked her off camera, what else would you want this podcast to supply listeners? And she said her and her classmates really struggle with constantly thinking about their clinical mistakes after clinic. And could I somehow provide some advice that would help calm your mind at the end of the workday, at the end of your school day? And I struggle with intrusive thoughts, competitive, not competitive, compulsory thoughts about work all the time. If I seat crown 15 on someone and that contact between 15 and 40 doesn't feel just perfect, I'll be upfront. I think about it for a little bit. That bothers me. However, I'm trying to create a course right now about that. I know I spoke about earlier, what kind of course would you like? People said how to go fee for service, how to talk to patients. I think the most beneficial course I can create for you and also selfishly create for myself because I'm trying to work on it now is mental resilience. So I'm not sure when the course will be created, but I'm going to create a course on mental resilience, all aspects of it. And basically, because I think being a dentist is going to war. And if your mind's not ready for it, it's going to crush you. And that course is going to help you. Guys, I really appreciate you guys listening to this. I have such a fun time doing this. I don't know why. You know, I woke up at 4.30 today, meditated for an hour, and I ran to work. I recorded for an hour this podcast, and I love it. I'm going to sign off. I truly appreciate you guys listening, and stay tuned for next time. Have a great day. Bye.